welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I'm your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. I hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving and happy to have you guys back for episode three of the podcast. My guest this week is Jake Triplett. If you guys don't know who Jake Triplett is, if you've ever watched a Trey Kennedy video, then you know who Jake Triplett is. Because Jake is the one that shoots and edits, writes, sometimes even stars in Trey Kennedy's hilarious videos that you see on YouTube and Instagram. Jake is just a hilarious person himself, and even his own Instagram and his own podcast, Ghost Runners, which we'll talk about, is hilarious. So this show is chock full of plenty of humor. Um, If you guys know anything about Jake, he is unabashedly single, and we sort of made fun of that a little little bit and had some fun with that. And with me being married, I kind of sought him out for uh, some marriage advice, and it was kind of a funny conversation. And we talked about both of our worst first dates, and just some Christian dating trends that we have seen. So a lot of funny stuff on here, um, but he does have a lot of really good things to say about creativity and taking risks and that sort of thing. Uh, Last summer, Jake and his friends flew out to Maine and they bought a limo and they drove it across the country so that they could show up on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And along the way, they did acts of kindness and made some awesome videos. And he's just taken a lot of risks uh, to get to where he's at uh, creatively and professionally. And he talks a lot about the faith that it takes to do that and kind of what led him to those decisions. So if you're in that season of life right now where you're trying to figure out what you want to do next and you're not really sure if it's the right move, well, he kind of talks about, um, you know, what his thought process was and how he walked himself through that. So this conversation is just full of humor and wisdom, and I really think that you guys are going to enjoy it. The music, as always, is from my friend Ryan Allwart. If you have not checked out his Christmas album, Indiana Christmas, well, I don't know what you're waiting for because it's officially Christmas season, y'all. It is time to get the Christmas music going. Indiana Christmas by Ryan Allwart is a great soundtrack for the season. Make sure you check it out and support him. And also go back and listen to the first two episodes if you have not listened to those so far with Ryan and my buddy Phil Heller. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jake Triplett. Well, Jake Triplett, welcome to the show, man. So happy to have you on here. Fresh off of your first ever stand-up comedy tour, you and Trey Kennedy got to go to a few cities in the Midwest. You got to try your stand-up routine for the first time. I'm excited to talk to you about this. Um, just what was it like? You know, obviously we're all big fans of Trey Kennedy and uh, you get to shoot his videos that we see on the internet, but this was a little new, uh, new of a thing for you. You got to go out and do some comedy with him. What was it like being on tour with him for four straight days? Yeah, Trey's uh, awesome. I think one of the biggest things that always surprises people when they meet Trey in real life is he's decently introverted and uh, just keeps to himself quite a bit. You know, he plays these very eccentric characters on the internet and can be very, you know, flamboyant and charismatic. But when he's off camera, I mean, he's just a very normal, chill, just kind of bro of a guy and and really fun to kick it with. So we had a great time uh, lugging around the the Midwest in a minivan all last week, uh, four cities in four days. And yeah, it was a good time, man. We, we really had a good time together on stage and off stage. And it was it was awesome. We, we can't wait to go back and, and hit the road again. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you, you talked a little bit about this on your own podcast, but what are some crazy stories from your time on tour in terms of like encounters or instances with fans that you had either before, during, or maybe even after a show? Oh boy. Let's see. Like, 
I'm not really used to having fans, first of all. So almost any interaction felt weird to me just because people knew my name and what my face looked like. There were multiple like middle-aged women who tried to set me up with their daughters and not just like, <laughs> oh, I have a daughter back home. She would love to, you know, visit Kansas City and see you. But like they were there with their daughter and it just, it just made an all around and uncomfortable experience for everyone because the daughter is like, mom, please don't do this. And I'm also like, please don't do this. And there's also other people around also saying, please don't do this. So <laughs> just uh, um, the moms are pretty ruthless uh, in the Midwest. So those were most of the I mean, all of them were fine. It wasn't like anything no one was like trying to grope me or kiss me or anything. It was fine. <laughs> Although I might've welcomed that. I, it's, it's been a, a little bit of a dry season right now. For me. <laughs> um, no, nothing like that weird happened. It was just like, Whoa, you're really going for it. Uh, but it, it was fine. It was, it was fun. I think one of my favorite stories, you, you talked about this on your podcast, but somebody walked up and they said, can we take a picture poopsie? It's yeah. like that. And I'm sure you got other weird nicknames, but I mean, what are some weird things that, that fans said to you like that whenever they were maybe coming through a meet and greet line? Well, I made the mistake. Well, not really mistake, I guess, but part of, I'd say at least like half of my set when I was performing stand up is about being single and about just like, you know, just funny stories of ex-girlfriends and, you know, online dating apps and, you know, whatever. I'm just telling jokes about dating and relationships and I guess when you do that on a stage, that just opens up everyone to be like, well, he said he's single. I'll shoot my shot. So there were just a healthy amount of like the DMs, I guess, is where it got weird or just like, I don't know. It'll just surprise you. Girls are so forward these days. I tell you what, to, you know, <laughs> not like the good old days uh, where, you know, yeah, you just gave them a piece of your property and then they were yours now. It's uh <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of ev after every show, it'd be like some more just innocent, like so heard you're single, or so you want to, you know, you want to uninstall Tinder and just hang out with me or whatever. <laughs> it was more like a quantity thing more than a quality thing. It was just like, wow, I feel like half the audience just DM'd me about wanting to enter in a relationship with me. So that was like, okay, lesson learned. They're they're really uh really forward up here in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, that was my next question was, what's the weirdest DM you've gotten from a fan? And I, I you're getting popular now. So I wonder, you probably get a ton of DMs as it is. I mean, how many of these do you even get a chance to read? But the ones that you have read, what's maybe the weirdest or several weirdest that you've gotten from fans? Uh, <laughs> so the weirdest one I've ever gotten happened to be last week on tour. Uh, so this is good timing for this question. It was something actually I've got it screenshotted. I don't want to let me look at my phone real quick. I don't want to <laughs> screw this up. I want this. You deserve the best. Uh, I don't want this to be just, uh, you know, trying to guess what it said. I want this to be verbatim. <laughs> OK, so let me try to find this. Um, it was something. Dang, I want. Oh, oh, OK, OK, OK. Real, real short, and sweet, real simple from a female named Leah. I am not taken and I will spank you, bad boy. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like there's no like no beating around the bush there. She she's saying who she is and she's saying what she wants. And so I mean that's still not even that bad, but just I'm not used to any of this. Like I, I'm very much a normal guy. I just happen to be friends with Trey Kennedy and I kind of been put on, you know, in the spotlight a little bit by him. So to get a message like that, I'm like you <laughs> like I, I yeah, I'm clearly I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, that's so hilarious that was a weird one 
do you even respond to some of these or do you just read them and, and move on? I think, uh, <laughs> I think that one I said, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so most of the time, if it's something kind of weirder or something like thirstier, I typically won't. But I mean, generally, like if I see it and it's someone saying anything, you know, at least in general, yeah, I will respond to it. I will try to anyway. I don't know how how often you've gone back and, and read these, but um, I went back and you have a highlight on your Instagram where you have saved some of your favorite Tinder conversations that you had with people. And it's, uh, the, yes. it's, it's the funniest responses because people are not expecting you to say what you say. And I almost feel like when somebody you know, says something to you, like, I want to spank you, bad boy, you like say something like, you know, that would hurt or something like that. I mean, your, your <laughs> Tinder, your Tinder responses have been hilarious. And, uh, you know, did you ever, this is a lot of people know this. Um, I actually met my wife through Tinder. Um, we had luck nice. that way. And, um, you know, so I look back and I'm like, man, if I had done something stupid, on Tinder, I, whenever I matched with her, I may not have, I may not have actually uh, met my future wife. Do you ever regret responding some of the, uh, to some of those girls that way, or do you just kind of back, like, <laughs> no, I'm gonna meet, the, I'm gonna meet whoever I'm supposed to meet whenever I meet them. But I guess do you ever look back and regret responding that way to some of them. Wow, what a question! Really, uh, really making me feel um, like I missed out on a potential love of my life, dude. Uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, when you put it like that, yeah, who knows? If I would have taken Tinder more seriously, uh, <laughs> you know, little Miss Triplett would be right by my side right now. Um, no, I don't know. I guess I, I really haven't thought about it too much. And most of those screenshots are actually from, like, probably 2014. It's, like, kind of right when Tinder first came out is when I was like, oh, this is funny. You know, like this. Yeah, I mean, we all know what Tinder is. You know, this this application, this website generally based on the idea of meaningless short conversations that lead to a hookup, you know, typically, obviously not in your case, congrats again, by the way. But, uh, so I it's just saw that. Like, when I tell people that, but I'm like, look, we were a success story and we had both come out of a breakup and I, I did not want to do it at all. I was so anti Tinder. And my brother who is about eight years older than me was like, Cole, you really ought to try it. His friend Carson, who was his age, he was like, Carson just met his fiance on Tinder. And I was like, Okay, fine. I'll give it a try. And I had no idea. I had I had no expectations. I was not going in there for a hookup. And so I was, you know, like a good Christian boy. I filled out my bio and I said, you know, I, I had some kind of a Bible verse or something about Jesus in my bio. And I was like, <laughs> if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to just try to meet some random person. And thankfully, uh, Emily, my wife, was the same way. And we ended up matching. And uh, somehow, you know, it's blossomed into this wonderful marriage. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, that's I, awesome, dude. I, I tell people that story and they're like, Oh my gosh, Claiborne, you were on Tinder. And I'm like, dude, it wasn't like that. I wasn't trying to hook up. I wasn't like that. At all. <laughs> um, so it's always embarrassing when I tell people, but I'm like, you know what? We're happily married and it's all good. But yeah, yeah at I, least you're owning it, dude. Yeah. That's the way to do it. And you know, you kept your standards high from the beginning. So props to you. I mean, would people think it's any better if it was christianmingle.com? I mean, would that make people feel like it's more wholesome? I mean, either way, it's a dating app, and I'm kind of an introvert sometimes, and so meeting people uh, is not always the easiest. And so uh, when there's an app that curates it for you, it's like, you know yeah. what, let's go, ahead, let's go ahead and try it, and it worked out. So Exactly. That is a good question. Like, what is more, like, yeah, what are you more hesitant to tell people you met on? Like, Christian Mingle, Tinder, like, LinkedIn, or like Thanks. some, like... I don't know. Like what's, yeah. 
where do you rank uh, I, the most embarrassing websites to meet someone? Like words with friends chat. That's like that would be a pretty cool story. Words. <laughs> we just bonded over our use of vowels and use of the Qs and Xs and all the letters that gave you more points. We just knew that we had a matching vocabulary. So exactly. Yeah. Quixotic X on the triple letter. Who is this girl? <laughs> I got to get to know this girl. And next thing you know, she's making me quixotic six months later. Here we are. This is the kind of stuff you get from Jake, Jake Triplett on his podcast right here. Kind of, kind yeah, I, uh, if you can't tell, I'm desperately trying to meet a woman on Words with Friends. So that's why I'm here on this podcast. Just trying to put my name out there if you want to download it. Just kidding. I actually haven't played that game in a couple of years, but it used to be solid. If you meet your wife on Words with Friends, you would think that you wouldn't have any trouble coming up with your wedding hashtag at that point, which for a lot of millennials is the hardest thing about planning the wedding as it is. I have this vision, and maybe this is more just my sense of humor. For years now, I've always thought, like, I love the idea of my wedding hashtag someday just being like hashtag love or hashtag wedding. Just like something you can't search. Just like everyone's posts just get completely lost. I can't find anyone's pictures on Instagram. Uh it's such a little, like, simple, meaningful, meaningless joke, but I love the idea of that. Awesome. If you guys want to, you know, post along with us today and share your, you know, your perspective, use hashtag love. We can't <laughs> wait to see it, guys. Share away. I, I think Emily and I, it, more so Emily than me, but, I mean, it was to the point where she she was polling people on social media as to what our hashtag should be. And it was like, how many people are actually going to take a picture and posted it with that hashtag. I don't think that I have, maybe whenever this was like first a thing, did I ever post a picture on Instagram or somewhere and use the actual hashtag. Other than that, like I, I don't, I don't typically do that because they're typically so corny that I don't even want them in my caption anyway. Yeah. It's like, this is bad for my brand to put this hashtag on associated with my name. No, thanks. And it's always like happily ever, whatever the last name is. Like that's probably 90% of the ones that I see. Like that is happily ever triplet. That could be yours right there. <laughs> uh, but it's like, if you're going to come up with one, it's got to be hilarious or it's got to be clever. Other than that, they usually just uber corny and they don't really do the, do the trick. And that's, that's the thing. It's got to be so good that people want, they want this like sentence to be in their caption so bad that they're willing to post a picture. You know, it's not even about you anymore. It's about the hashtag. Like, I want exactly. this in my caption. That's hilarious. Exactly. I can't I, I can't even think of one off the top of my head that was actually good. They're all so bad. <laughs> yeah. Tip, yeah. I and I've like, you know, I've been like a wedding photographer and wedding videographer before. And like from that side of things, it's so annoying when like wedding like patrons have their cell phone out recording things or taking pictures. It's like, look, the bride spent several thousand dollars on me to film this. Like, you don't need to record a vertical video on your phone of this. Trust me. Like, I got this. Get out of the way. Oh, that is, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. And I re- and I honestly wanted to do this at our wedding. I, I wanted to put a sign up. And I know that this is super pretentious and super arrogant. But I wanted to put a sign up that basically said, like, we are paying people to record this with photos and video. We are paying thousands of dollars. Babe was going to say it nicer than this. But basically, like... Something, you know, more wholesome, like, please just be in the moment and put your phone away. But really, it's like, put your phone away because we don't want your stupid phone in our picture. And not only that, but vertical video is my biggest pet peeve. Uh, people, <laughs> like, like your eyes go sideways, the TV is sideways, your phone should be sideways. 
like, stop recording vertical video. I'm not going to go back and watch your vertical video. And people are like, well, they're recording it for themselves. And it's like, well, they can watch the video that this professional puts together. They don't need to go back and watch their grainy iPhone 6 video that's going to be on their phone. And like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to look at their photos. I'm going to look at the professional photos that we paid for. So I can only imagine as a, as a videographer when you're working it, if you get a really good shot, then somebody's leaning over and they've got their phone in the shot. That's got to be the most frustrating thing. Oh, yeah. It's always grandma with some like cell phone I've never even seen before either. Like, what is is this a toaster oven? What are you even recording on? Does it even <laughs> have a camera? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't even know if you know what's going on, but you're in the aisle. So move. <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the things that you got to do last year um, was you and some friends flew out to Maine and you bought a limousine and drove it across the entire country so that you could appear on the Ellen DeGeneres show, which people people like to talk about what the American dream is. That, to me, sounds like the true American dream. Um, <laughs> That's the, the privileged how, millennial how did, how did dream. Your, how, did, how did you and your friend get this idea? And not only that, but you guys, it wasn't just a self-serving trip. I mean, you guys did acts of kindness along the way, which obviously is something that Ellen loves. And it's something that anybody can get behind. But um that was you know, going back and watching some of those videos was really cool. And, um, you know, you're, you're obviously known for being a funny guy and, and there were some funny moments of, of that trip. But uh, in the end, I mean, I think that for you must have been an awesome experience. And then, you know, what was it like to not only make the trip with your friends, but then to uh, be able to enrich people's lives along the way? Yeah, great, great questions. And that's really cool that you went back and watched some of the episodes, man. That's awesome. I'm uh, still really proud of those. So I love it when people watch them. Uh, so initially the idea came from, I mean, you would probably have a lot to say about this. Like, I feel like any guy, probably any person has dreamed with their buddies about like going on an epic road trip. So anyway, it just came from that dream of just like, yeah, we want to go on a big road trip. And also I was a videographer. So it's like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it in, in like epic proportions. And I want to film the whole thing and just like take people along the road trip with me. And so me and my friend Ty just sat down one night and started brainstorming. One thing led to another and just kept getting bigger and bigger. And it's like, okay, well, the car should be exciting. Okay, well, the route should be exciting. And then like, if this is going to be on the internet, if this is going to be like a channel or like a show, like it should be branded properly as well. So came up with the name Ellen. We bought a limo, you know, already just in those few words. And that sentence of the show, you already are like intrigued, you know, like what? Ellen DeGeneres and we got a limo involved. I'm into it. So anyway, to kind of summarize it. Now, yeah, me and two friends, like you said, flew to Maine, bought a limousine off Craigslist, drove it through all the lower 48 states, and it took us 80 days. I think we filmed like 37 episodes on uh, Facebook Watch. Along the way, we set up a GoFundMe that our viewers could donate to, and then we would give out 100% of those proceeds to people in need along the way, which is really cool. I mean, not only to get to help people out, but just like our viewers didn't even know what they were donating to. They're just like, we're going to give these kids some money and just hope that they, you know, spend it wisely, which is kind of a lot to ask. And, but a lot of people donated. I think we raised like $10,000 on our GoFundMe. And then we did a whole episode and a story on this guy who was wrongly convicted from prison and had just gotten out. And so we used our GoFundMe money to get him a car and then set up a new GoFundMe for him. And so, it was just a lot of fun. It was a, it was a cool way to get our viewers involved other than just liking and commenting on stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, it was awesome. It was so you, could, you guys were like 
it looked like you were put into some kind of like a side room when you were at the show. I mean, did you guys know, know that you were going to be on the show? Because if not, you did a really good job of acting, like acting surprised. Did you guys <laughs> know when you got there that you were going to actually be on the broadcast? We did not. We had actually gotten an email from Ellen's team about halfway into the trip. And we didn't tell anyone, you know, wanted to keep this like far-fetched dream alive, like getting on the Ellen DeGeneres show, even though it was mainly like a branding thing. Like none of us are really that big of like Ellen fans, but whatever. It's still obviously very exciting. Uh, she emails us in like, you know, August. We do a couple Skype sessions with some of her producers. Things are going well. Then just like radio silent for a month. Like, okay, we're in Seattle. Still haven't heard from you. Okay, we're in San Francisco. Getting closer. All right, we're in Los Angeles and you're still not responding. This sucks. And so our last ditch effort, literally our last day there, Ty's brother was about to have a kid. So he's like, I have to go back to Oklahoma tomorrow. This is my last day. And so we're like, let's just wake up early. We're going to protest. Protest being used <laughs> lightly. Our signs literally said, like, we love you, Ellen. But we posted up right outside of Warner Brothers Studio and just tried to get people's attention. And it worked. And anyway, to answer your question, no, we had no clue. One of the producers came out and was like, this is hilarious, guys. We're going to try to get you in the audience today. And we're like, oh, how fun. Like, we'll take what we can get. That's great. And then she comes back out and is like, okay, we're actually sold out today, but there is like an overflow room that you guys can like sit in and watch it on TV. You'll be like right next to Ellen. So like, great, we don't care. And anyway, got in there and within about 10 minutes, they asked us like, hey, you three guys, can you you actually go sit over there? And we're like, what is up? Because we already stood out like crazy. It's just a bunch of middle-aged moms and then like three homeless looking guys who've been sleeping in a car for the last 80 days. <laughs> So everyone's looking at us, this camera crew like post up right in front of us. And so we're just like, what is going on? No one's telling us anything. Where is Sarah? What's happening? And then, yeah, next thing you know, Ellen's in the middle of her opening monologue. She sits down in the chair and she's like, speaking of current events, uh, there are three guys in the riffraff room right now. And then like, boom, lights come on, camera starts rolling on us. And we're on the big screen right behind Ellen. And it was awesome. So yeah, those were genuine reactions because we did not know what was happening. No one told us anything. And then we were just on the freaking Ellen show. It was great, dude. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you have not seen the video, search Ellen We Bought a Limo on YouTube and find the music video. <laughs> it's, it's it's hilarious. Uh, I like Thank just you, the, 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 the writing of it and obviously the directing and the music video. Um, you get to see Jake do a front flip over somebody on this onto the beach. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's hilarious. Like just the, 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 the thinking of it and the creativity behind it is hilarious. So I, thank you, man. At least you guys were not disappointed driving all that way and not ending up on the show. I mean, obviously it would have been a good memory with your, with your friends regardless, but, um, yeah, the fact that you were able to get on there, I think probably made it all worth it in the end. It does make it a little, a little sweeter. Um, obviously we had, regardless of that, it was still the best 80 days of my life, but <laughs> then again, huge, huge cherry on top. Getting to end it, literally our last day on the Ellen Show, was uh, pretty cool. So uh, that alone is kind of a microcosm, I, I think, of what you and I were talking about before we, we recorded. Basically, um, you know, to do something like that, it does take quite a bit of faith and uh, um, getting past some fear of doing something that you might want to do creatively. You know, there's a lot of people that have creative desires but you know, are maybe fearful of leaving the situation that they have in their life or you know maybe it's a, a money thing um i guess whenever you have done anything where you've taken a risk creatively that has gotten you to where you're at in your career right now um, what advice do you have for people that are maybe struggling with that step of 
you know, I don't necessarily want to take this risk because I'm, a, I'm afraid of what might happen or I'm afraid of failure. You know, I'm sure those are all emotions that you have felt at certain times. Um, you know, what advice do you have for people that might be feeling that? That's a great question. I, uh, I've taken a few, I guess, decent risk in my life with like, you know, career moves and everything. And typically what it comes down to is just asking myself like, okay, hypothetically 10 years, 20 years from now, what do I want to not regret doing basically? Okay. When I'm 45 and I got kids and my life is not nearly as much fun anymore. If I don't do this, is this going to be a pretty major reg regret of mine? Am I going to like drive myself crazy thinking about what if I had gone for this thing? And so that's really all it takes. And granted, you know, some of the biggest ri risk I've taken in my life have been when I'm a single guy in his twenties, right. you know, it, it's very easy to do that at this stage in life, but uh, yeah, to give a little perspective. So it was, yeah, I guess just about a year and a half ago, I was a full-time YouTuber. Life was awesome. I was making a living just off, you know, youtube.com, just making videos Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays and had like 175,000 subscribers. And, uh, but had this dream, right? I, I had this dream that I couldn't get out of my head of driving around the country in a limo with my best friends. And so I just, uh, it, you know, it took a lot of thought and talking with friends and processing, but I just, I did it. I, I quit the YouTube thing, cold turkey. I uh, left the channel and went and pursued this dream of mine. And I was like, I'll, I'll figure it out. So, and it, it boiled down to when I'm 45 with my wife that I might've met on Tinder, we'll see. And my, <laughs> you know, a couple of kids, like, I don't want to have to ever wonder, like, what if I would have you know, done that epic road trip I always talked about. What if I would have bought a limousine off Craigslist? And that's such a silly example. But I think for everyone listening, just like, what is that pipe dream you might have, big or small? What is that one thing that you've kind of always wanted to do? And you might regret it if you never try it. Because I can tell you, getting on The Ellen Show after all that work, like everyone deserves to feel that feeling of having a dream that you risked something for be accomplished. It was awesome. Right. Yeah, I think. I think that, that's in my life too. That's kind of what um, what has led me to where I'm at. You know, when I started this idea of wanting to write a book, I mean, it came out of um, a, a very tragic incident in my life where I lost somebody that I was really close to, and mm -hmm. it shook my faith to the core. Where it was the first time in my life that I had really questioned, uh, not I guess questioned, doubted, all of those kind of feelings that a lot of people go through it sometime in their life if they have a faith in God where they really wonder, like, why do I believe what I believe? And ultimately what came out of it was, you know, I knew that I had a skill to write and I didn't want to let that go to waste. And so I kept having this nagging feeling kind of like you did where I wake up every single day and it was like, I, I really want to write this book. I really want to write this book. And I've had a lot of fleeting desires before and they've kind of gone away. And so I sat on this for a while and I wanted to make sure it wasn't just something that I was feeling for a season. And it yeah. was like a year, it was like a year later and every day I was waking up and I still was like, man, I really feel like I need to do this. And so obviously I spent a lot of time in prayer about it, but uh, for me, it was getting past that fear where I realized, you know, I, at the time, I think I was 27 when I first had this idea. And for me, it was like, I don't want to look back when I'm 40 and, realize that I didn't do this. You know, even if yeah. I write a book, even if I write a book and nobody reads it, nobody buys it. Heck, even if like an agent or nobody wants to represent it, at least I would feel like, hey, I at least did this thing that I felt like God was putting on my heart. And for me, it was like, you know, I, if I woke up every single day and I felt like what I was doing uh, was keeping me from 
doing something that I really wanted to do, that's how I knew this desire was true. And so uh, I think anybody that's listening to this, they kind of have to realize, you know, if you're, I guess they kind of have to look inside themselves and say, hey, if I'm really thinking about doing something, whatever that might be, um, and, and they wake up every day and like they can't imagine their day not doing that, I think it's a pretty good sign of I need to follow what that passion is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's really well worded. I've heard several entrepreneurs talk about just like, you know, you want to start this business, you have this dream, whatever it may be, like there's a hundred things that it's going to take to accomplish it or get to where you want to be. But several, yeah, heard a lot of people talk about like the hardest thing is from zero to one, just like getting the ball rolling. It's for some reason, just like psychologically the hardest thing to do. So just once you get started, it just gets easier and easier and more fun and more fun. So just taking that initial leap, like even just telling yourself, yeah, I am going to do this uh, right. is the hardest part. So how did you get in contact with Trey Kennedy? I mean, how did you meet him? How did you get to the point where you're at now where you're shooting all of his videos that get hundreds of thousands of likes, you know, how did you meet up with him to the point where now you're working with him? Uh, it's actually kind of a cool story. And I don't think I've ever like spoken about this on a video or podcast or anything. So exclusive access, Cole Claiborne. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so I met, so I used to live in Kansas City. And the, literally the week I was moving away from Kansas City is like the week that Trey moved here. And we met through mutual friends super randomly at like a brewery one night basically just shook his hand and we introduced ourselves and that was the end of it. And then I moved to Dallas and I was, you know, tubing for like the next, a little over a year. But at some point in that time, uh, Trey followed me on Instagram. So I was like, okay, he knows who I am, you know, and he's like somewhat familiar with like the stuff I'm putting on Instagram. Not that it was much at all, but at least he knew who I was. And then about six months after that, we got put in a group text together about some different things that were going on back in Kansas City with our mutual friends. And so when I was thinking about leaving YouTube, thinking about buying a limousine, you know, my life was all up in the air. I took a chance uh, initially, not because I didn't even know which number was Trey's, but I was like, okay, I think he's from Oklahoma. I think he's got this area code, you know, whatever. And so I just called this random number in the group text that happened to be Trey. He picked up on the first, you know, ring. He's like, hey, this is Trey. And I just like basically pitched myself to him where I was just like, hey, man, uh, you know, my name is Jake Triplett. Uh, I, you know, this is kind of where I'm at and what I'm doing, but this is what I think I could do for you. I, I would love to move back to Kansas city. And I think I could do this, this, and this, I think I could add value in these ways. And it took about three more phone calls over the course of like another few weeks, but eventually he was like, yeah, man, let's, let's do it. So when I got done sleeping in a car for 80 days, I moved back to Kansas city and just kind of started what it is now. So was he kind of resistant? Not necessarily resistant, I guess, but was he uh, hesitant at first? I mean, why did it take three or four calls to convince him to finally say, hey, <laughs> I actually could provide value to you? Uh, yeah, I get maybe I should ask him about that. I think it was, you know, that first phone call was obviously a lot at once. He's probably just like chilling, you know, at home eating some Chipotle. And then I'm like, hey, hire me, you know, but I, I think he just needed time to process it. And then I, I guess I don't even totally know what he was going through, but I, I've talked to him more about it since then. And I guess it was just great timing. It was because I called him right around the time where he was like, you know, ever since Vine, it's just been him and a tripod for four years. You know, he's built everything he's built all alone. No videographer, no editor, no writer, just, just him, which is really impressive. But, uh, yeah, so I came in and just, uh, yeah, I guess eventually after four phone calls said the, said the magic words and he was like, all right, fine. And so, yeah, that started last October. I started with him primarily as just like a filmer 
and would edit about half of his stuff. You know, and I worked probably just like five hours a week. It was just getting my foot in the door with this awesome guy and back to Kansas City. And then as of this past August, so, you know, fast forward 10 months later, and now I'm basically full time with Trey, which is really cool. So I'm, I'm writing for him and, you know, appearing in his videos and on his podcast and still filming, still editing and opening for him and on tour. And so it's become a full fledged thing. And I'm just so incredibly like happy and thankful with where I'm at. And yeah, just making that phone call two springs ago. And now you, you got your own podcast, Ghost Runners. You can search for <laughs> yeah. it if you're um, if you if you want to find it. It's Ghost Runners on any of the podcast platforms. Uh, it, to me, it's 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 such a it's such an awesome concept because it's I think it's so relatable to people because for like for, for me and my best friend, it's it's basically like when he and I are just hanging out and talking. And I think that's sure. why it's, it's it's resonated with so many people. Uh, it, I, and I hate to say this, it took me like two episodes before I finally realized why you used ghost runners. And for whatever reason, it never dawned on me like, Oh, he's talking about when we played youth baseball or not youth baseball, yes, I, dude. backyard baseball. And I was yes. like, why did, why did that not automatically register with me? Cause obviously I played baseball in my backyard and we all used ghost runners whenever you only had four people that you were playing with. And, yeah, and so exactly. I, I, I forget, I think it was some episode where you referred to it and it was like, wow, that's, that, I, that was so obvious that I didn't even notice that's why they used it. So <laughs> you've got this awesome podcast now and Thank uh, you, you and you and your buddy Brad, you and your buddy Brad are, are just hanging out talking. Um, you know, I, I guess, how did you come up with the concept for that? And um, did you, did you see it evolving into what it is now? Well, in a word, no, not at all. Not that it's really anything yet, but even the fact that like, we're talking right now and you are a, a stranger from the internet who listens to my podcast. Like, I, I just would have never thought like, and you, you know, have I your started... fan account. You have a fan account for your podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. I would have never thought that just because, okay. So to answer your first question, like how did it all come about? Like, you know, I've started YouTube channels. I've started parody Instagrams, you know, funny Twitter accounts, Facebook watch shows. Like for the most part, everything I've ever started has had a vision, has had a plan the podcast was strictly, this is my best friend, Brad. He's funny. We like to talk to each other and I'm a white millennial. Uh, so I think I have to start a podcast. Those are the rules these days in 2019. So I was like, I, I mean, seriously, I cannot emphasize enough how like humbly we came into this, how there was no plan at all. We just sat down and talked for an hour. There was no editing or anything that first episode. And so we've been doing it for six months and it's not like we're topping the charts and saying, look out Joe Rogan or anything, but we're about to start monetizing it. And yeah, it just seems like it's it's growing and growing every week, which is really fun. And yeah, it seems to be just accidentally this highly relatable thing. So we're, we're very pumped about it. Well, you are the number one improv comedy show in Taiwan, apparently. Let's go, baby. The Taiwanese. <laughs> we love you out there. That's a market that everybody is striving for. I mean, if you're if you're not <laughs> at the top of Taiwan, then you're not really doing anything. So we have cornered it. So good luck. That market. Yeah. yeah, it's ours now. So you have talked about this on your podcast, and we hit it on a little bit earlier, but you are obviously a dating expert. You have a lot <laughs> of advice for people. Um, I think I think you're just remaining single because you want to be able to provide this service for people that you're just you're just a dating expert. Um, you know, yeah. I think it wouldn't it, be it, fair it, to the other people for me to go out and get a girlfriend. You know, wouldn't no, be fair this to them. Is, this is hilarious too. I think I told you earlier about how my wife is becoming a fan of the podcast. And this morning we're we're watching TV, and she 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 wrapped a blanket around her neck, 
and she goes, "Hey, look, I'm Jake Triplett," because <laughs> of the video <laughs> where you're where you're talking about. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, that's funny. It's, I think it was like you're talking about uh, like fall trends or something like that. Yeah, and, like how to dress but, for the fall. You, you put you put a blanket around your neck and you're like this is basically what a scarf is like for the wind for the for the fall you just he you were like when oxygen level is low fashion is high and I think because that's what she was trying trying to recreate so that's she's becoming awesome. a fan, she's becoming a fan of the podcast this morning she asked me if I was going to be her babe of the week this week Let's uh, we go. were at lunch the other day, we were at lunch the other day and she asked me what my poultry of the week is which we're going to get into here in a little bit but it's it's hilarious. amazing it's just stuff like that. that it's 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 you got a you got a fan base here in Kentucky. You got a fan base in Taiwan. I don't know what more. You <laughs> um, yeah, I often associate Taiwan and Kentucky culture as one of the same. So that makes uh, sense to me. It might be shocking uh, to other people, but not me. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so since you're such a dating expert, uh, you know, and, and this is hilarious because my my wife is a marriage counselor, but um, oh know, boy, I, I can't always go to her for for advice, and so I, I figured I would. I would present some instances that have come up in our house and get your expert advice. So I love this last, last week sometime we were uh, sitting on the couch watching TV and we have a couple of lamps in the living room and I personally did not turn these lamps on. So we go to bed. Actually, she went to bed ahead of me and I stayed up to watch TV. I went to bed. I didn't turn the lamps off. So she woke up the next morning and she said, Cole, did you leave the lamps on last night? And I was like, well, yeah, I don't remember turning them off. And she said, well, can you please not do that? And my response was, well, I didn't turn them on. So I don't know that I didn't I didn't ask for them to be on. So why would I turn them off? And, and she said, it just wastes electricity. Why, why, would, why didn't you turn them off? You were the last in the room. My stance was I didn't turn them on. Therefore, I shouldn't turn them off. Who wow. was right? Who was right in this instance? Okay, so this is a this is a pretty common issue with me. Um, so you came to the right spot. Um, <laughs> big big lamp guy. Um, first off, gotta say, love your dedication to the TV show. Uh, you know, nothing's gonna get in the way of you watching the show. Like, wife, go to bed. All right, fine, get out of my face. I got the show to watch. Exactly. Also, on the same token, love her. Just you know, fiscal responsibility. You know, that at the same time. A lamp and a light bulb, you leave that sucker on for for four years and that would cost you 40 cents. So I get, but okay, you ready for my verdict? Yes. I think your wife was right. It's the principle of it. It's the principle of it is your home. The lights were on. You are the master of your domain, Cole. This is your house. <laughs> you look out for the electricity and the just the, the principles of how you, you shut down a house at night. You turn off the lamps. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So she Sorry, is. Stings. Well, you know, I was I was fearful of that verdict, but I've got to take it like <laughs> a man here. Um, she is she loves using Siri for texting or searching on the internet, whereas I hate it because it's in, it's like whenever I call an automated phone system, I don't want to talk to. A robot. I don't want, like today. I had to call about my health insurance, and I kept Gross. getting. I, I kept getting this press three for whatever. What you know, all this stuff, and it's like I just want to talk to somebody, please. I just want to talk yeah. to a real person. Well, she will sit here and repeat the same thing four times to Siri before just typing it in there. My stance is forget Siri. Just use the good old fashioned keyboard here 
and just search for it yourself. You're going to get it faster. There's no error. But she will sit here and talk into the phone until her face is blue before, and it, even if it's Siri saying, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that, or <laughs> whatever the case is, she will sit there and ask Siri anything rather than type it out. Am I right here in saying that Siri is trash? We should just type our stuff in and forget Siri. Great question. What's your wife's name? Emily. Emily? Shut up to Siri. I'll say it. All right? Get those thumbs moving. All right? Siri's not going to save you any time. I, I use Siri, like, very, very rarely. And it's always when I am like, okay, I'm, I just got a shower. My phone is not near me. And I'm, I'm in the process of thinking how many clothes I'm going to put on today. So I'll ask Siri, what is the weather? That is, like, the only time. If your thumbs are, like, too wet or your phone is too far away, you are allowed to use Siri. But any other time... No, not helpful. And a disruption to the other people around you. Thank you. And I'll have to type when I call her. Uh, and I get it whenever she's driving. But sometimes when I call her, she'll be at home and she will set me on speakerphone. And I'm like, just get AirPods and put them in so I can hear you better. Because it's like <laughs> she's shouting from a mile away. And I have a really hard time hearing as it is. And so um, like, whenever she's on speakerphone, I can't ever hear it. I'm like, you sound like you're shouting from inside of a cave. I cannot hear you. So she loves Siri, loves speakerphone. I would rather just talk on the phone and use my thumbs like a good old fashioned American used to. You know, we didn't we didn't get uh, you know our, we didn't get our, our ethics of hard work by talking into Siri. Okay, we got to we got to put in the work and just type in the search on Google with our thumbs. That's my That's stance right. on that. And Preach I'm so glad on, that baby. you. <laughs> You think God gave us opposable thumbs just for just for back massages? No, no, exactly not at all. That's exactly. Uh, right. I, and I like what you said about the speakerphone thing too, because I don't think I've ever realized it. But yeah, that really perturbs me when people don't need to use speakerphone, but they use it anyway, because it's like, okay, you are now lessening the sound quality on my end, and you're shouting, and I just—it's not a. This is not how people talk. Just talk to me normal. To take this even further, I also don't understand why people still use loud ringtones when you could easily just put your phone on vibrate and not disrupt everybody else. Now, my wife does not do this, but there's too many people that in a public setting, their phone will go off. So, for instance, OK, I'm a, I'm a high school tennis coach and I was watching the state finals a few weeks ago. And tennis, it's a sport where you've got to kind of be quiet until the point is over. And, and an older gentleman was sitting next to me. And at least three times during this match, his phone went off with a loud ringtone and <laughs> and he would answer it and talk quietly, then put his phone back in his pocket. And it's like if that happens once and you forget about it. OK, I get it. But at that point, turn your phone on vibrate so that future callers don't disrupt what's going on. And so the I next, hate this old man. Yeah. And so the, like at least two or three more times his phone rings and it's and it's. Like the the old rotary phone, or like what you would have had at your house in the nineties. Oh, geez. Where it's like so loud, loud so shrill. Yeah, and it's not even a clever. Like if it was a song, I could at least kind of you know dance to it a little bit. But yeah, it's just big like, girls don't know, cry by Fergie, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, or Fergalicious, uh, something like that that I could at least sure. get down to. But if it's just your standard ringtone, like you got to just put it on vibrate, and that's just that that that's a very minuscule thing, but it it really bothers me. Like it really, yeah, it really does. I'm, well, I'm glad Emily doesn't do that because I was going to be pretty upset if that was a one-two <laughs> combo of Siri user and keeps her phone on loud. But yeah, just like two weeks ago, uh, Trey and I were on set shooting this show and like the sound guy was like, okay, everyone, phone's on vibrate. And I was like, 
I leaned over to Trey. I was like, my phone has been on vibrate since 2007. I don't even have to check. I don't know that I've ever used an actual ringtone. I did used to have a ring back tone. It was forever by Chris Brown for like a year and a half when that was cool. I had a ring back tone, but I have never oh, yeah. used a ringtone because it annoys me. I can't imagine how much it annoys other people. It annoys me to have an, a ringtone on my own phone. I feel like it's the same principle as like the sound for your alarm in the morning. You just, you get so used to hearing it that you just get so annoyed. And so I would never want to put a song I like as my ringtone. Exactly. So, uh, Moving on to uh, to carry on with this, okay, we, there's a lot of trends that millennials take part in that have just become really annoying. Mm. And for me, I'm going to go ahead and start this, okay? Love it. I, I, see, I, see, I see a lot of millennial females are bringing back the 90s mom jeans. And oh, like, like they're not even like they're, I guess they're trendy now, and a lot of 90s styles are coming back. But a lot of these clothes are so expensive. Like if you go to Urban Outfitters, basically you can find my closet from when I was like eight, nine, and ten years old in the '90s. You're gonna find the Reeboks that I wore. You're gonna find the old Snapback Chicago Bulls hat that I had. You're gonna find some old Space Jam shirt. But it's gonna be Love like it. it's gonna be like fifty dollars for a shirt. The Reeboks are like a hundred and fifty dollars. I, I don't understand why these things are coming back in style. Uh, unless it's just for the nostalgia aspect, but the fact that people are paying a lot of money for this stuff, for instance, there's a girl in my hometown who will go to, I, I'm not kidding you. This is actually what happens. She'll go to Goodwill or some thrift store. She will buy like the nineties type of clothing and then she'll put it on sale on Instagram. You know how the girls will do like the Instagram stories where they like model their clothes and it's like, sure, sure, or sure. Whatever. Well, she'll sell these things for like a hundred dollars. I'm like, you bought that for like $3. And then the Whoa. stores, the, the the stores are now selling these kind of clothing for fifty to a hundred dollars. I don't understand it. I don't understand this trend. So that is my millennial trend annoying thing of the week. Uh, to me, the the only acceptable '90s clothes, in my opinion, are the old uh, NBA starter jackets, like the old retro starter jackets. Oh uh, yes. Like the like the the purple and teal Charlotte Hornets one, the red and black Chicago Bulls one. Dude, Any yes, those- keep talking. I'm gonna hold on. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah like those are those like are the this, best. it's not it but this is basically it right here this exactly. is what i was wearing today exactly beautiful yeah. so you've got it looks like a white purple and teal like swishy starter jacket those oh, so swishy those are acceptable and i also would even go as far as to say the uh old school snapback nba hats those those work but i just those can't i don't understand why all these 90s trends are coming back so that is that is my, my annoying millennial trend. What what are some things that millennials do that have annoyed you? I, I don't even know where to start because we're all pretty annoying. Um, luckily, I don't know enough about fashion to really get upset by it. So that knocks out like a, a bit, pretty big realm of potential annoyances. Uh, I think, let's see, what do I want to go with? There's so many things on Instagram that kind of bug me on a daily basis. I think one thing recently that I've seen that I think is kind of interesting is like, Girls, when they will get asked to be a bridesmaid, they will always like answer by putting it on their Instagram story, which I think is a little strange for a couple reasons. One, it worries me that they didn't tell the girl yes, like in person or like <laughs> call her. And like the girl is finding out who her bridesmaids are by who's putting them on Instagram. That's weird. Don't do that. Uh, but two, and more so, like I think it's just such a like 
I don't know, like spitting on her other friends. Like, haha, I'm one of her eight closest. You're not, Stephanie. It's like, like back to MySpace go- top eight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, people are going to see that and be like, oh, I guess I'm not, I guess I didn't get asked. Which they're going to find out either way. But I think it it comes across as such a like a, oh, bridesmaid thing. But I think, and I'm not actually like judging anyone's like motives behind this, but I think it can also be like a thing like, look at me. I'm one of her best friends. Ha ha. Some of you aren't. Yeah. <laughs> so thankfully, that's thankfully, <laughs> thankfully dudes don't do that with their groomsmen, but I have seen that. <laughs> and then usually what happens is, and I know that this has happened. My wife has been a, a bridesmaid in a number of weddings and there's always some kind of a elaborate gift that has to be given to the bridesmaids. And it's always like has some party. And it's like, will you be my bridesmaid? Or it's usually some kind of creative way of asking it. But it's like, here's a bottle of rosé. Like, mm. you can have this rosé, be there on my special day, something like oh, that. Oh, that's good. You know, like, something really clever and cheesy like that. And that's always how it goes. So that's a yeah. good one. That, that, I Thanks. realize how bad that annoyed me. But. I, yeah, I probably could have thought of something better. But that, that happened like an hour ago. I saw it on Instagram. And I was like, <laughs> you're doing this too much. I'm seeing this way too often. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so one of the, one of the things we were talking about before we recorded to you that I, I really have been looking forward to this conversation um, because I have a really good story for this. But uh, to go back to your dating life, your dating expertise, mm, thank and goodness. Obviously, all of the success you've had in dating. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, what is the worst first date you have ever had? So I'm gonna go pretty short uh, here. Because I really haven't had that many bad first dates, but there is one that sticks out. I could summarize it in just a few words. Uh, she brought her brother, which was a little bit of a shock to me and her, I think, too. I don't know. It was just such a weird thing. I feel like I was very clear that this was a date. And uh, I guess her brother wanted a free dinner also. I don't know. It was, it was just very strange. And we did not go on a second one because I was afraid which family member might show up to that one. So that was a few years ago. And uh, I'm better because of it, you know, so don't worry about me. I'm, I'm okay. But yeah, nothing too crazy, but it's definitely interesting. So I had one and that reminds me of a, of a second bad first date. So the first one is anybody who knows me knows that my name routinely gets butchered. Like it's unbelievable how many people think my first name is Clay and what? my first name, they think my, my name is Clay Colborn. Or Clay uh, Claybone. I get this all the time, and it has always bothered the heck out of me. And, and so anytime that happens, it's bad enough. And that's why, like, on Facebook, I have my middle name uh, so that I hope that it, it kind of split up it alliteration. up a little bit. Yeah, but I've had that for, like, 12 years or however long I've had Facebook, and that, <laughs> has, not, that, has, not, that has not helped. And so um, I – there was this girl, this is, this is the summer before I met Emily and I had met this girl through some mutual friends and, uh, she was a tennis player. We had played tennis a few times that summer. And, um, you know, I was kind of, kind of into her and her friend was trying to help set us up. And I was supposed to go on a double date with this girl and the girl who set us up and her boyfriend. And so we were supposed to go to the drive-in movie theater. It was going to be a great time. I thought we were going to be going to dinner and then going to the movie. And what happens is the day of, uh, the, the mutual friend and her boyfriend end up having some sort of a, a conflict where they can't end up going out with us tonight. And so I'm like, one of them left out. the lamps on probably. Yeah. So I'm like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm freaking out because I'm like, man, I, I, you know, I'm really shy. I don't want to, 
I was kind of hoping this first date would be kind of a double date thing, be kind of low key. Cause I wasn't really sure that this other girl liked me at this point. Like we had kind of texted <laughs> a few times, like we had played tennis and I didn't know like at all where she stood in terms of liking me in that way. It helps having the other so people there. Nervous. It does. Yeah. And so, um, this girl's brother was coming into town. And so, um, what happened was they decided to have like a little bonfire party at their house. And, uh, this girl was like, Hey, you, you can just come over. Uh, if you want to, you can come over to the party. And I'm like, Oh boy. Okay. okay um, that's, that's fine. Um, so I go over there and I don't know a single person other than this girl. And I don't even really know this girl all that well. So I'm feeling a little awkward. You know, sure. I'm like, I don't really know what to do. So I get there and, uh, I pull up, you know, I, I she's helping her brother like unload some stuff for the party out of their, out of the trunk of their car. And I walk over to her and she's introducing me to her brother and she goes, Hey, this is clay. And I was like, Oh, like, like not only, (laughs) but I I forgot. Let me back up. So that earlier that day, she makes a point to text me and say, Hey, I just want to make sure that, uh, basically along the lines of like, this is just a friend's thing. I don't want my brother or his friends thinking that we're together. And I'm like, wow, that's really awkward that you felt the need to just say that out loud here. But okay, like, how do I respond to that? Like, all right, sure, that's cool, whatever. So at this point, I'm like, I really don't want to go. And then her friend was like, no, you really should go and just hang out with her. Like, that'd be fun. So I'm going, this is why I felt awkward. I totally forgot about that part of it. So I'm driving to the house. I feel really awkward. And I show up and then I get introduced as Clay to her brother. And I'm like, <laughs> not only not only was I friend zoned as hard as you possibly could be, but this girl doesn't even know my name. <laughs> And yeah, so was, do you like correct her and like make her look like an idiot in front of her brother or like what what do you do there? I don't remember what I did. I normally always I think I think she corrected herself. If not, I definitely corrected her because I always correct people because it bothered me so much. And she <laughs> felt she felt awkward. She may have apologized, I don't know, but at, at that point I really just wanted to leave. And so I texted a friend of mine at the time and uh it, this was like later on that night and I was like call me Clay. And she was like, what? I'm like, because this girl knew that I, this is a friend of mine who knew that I was kind of crushing on this girl. And I was like, she called me Clay. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I just want to leave. And her and this this girl was like, you need to just stay there and keep drinking, man. And I was like, no, I'm <laughs> leaving right now, getting out of here. Uh, so needless to say, me and that girl did not work out. Um, I was going to ask. Yeah. So you guys are not together anymore? We are not together. It was not. Ah, who played, sad story. Thankfully. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that, that's, that was one of the biggest friend zones I've ever been. But then this other one, this was in college. So, uh, I was involved in a campus ministry in college and, you know, I, I met this girl who I thought was pretty cool. I asked her if she wanted to get lunch. And so we agreed to go to, um, kind of like the, the campus cafe or whatever to get lunch that okay. day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we show up and I'm thinking, first of all, it's not even a fancy place. It's just like a big cafeteria. It's like a, you know, there's like a pizza over here, salad over here, a sandwich place or whatever, uh, you know, kind of pick and choose. And it's like, all you can eat. It's not really a fancy place. So we show up there. Well, this girl, kind of like you said, whenever this girl showed up with her brother, this girl brings one of her friends. Oh, and I'm, geez. And, like and a I'm, safety net or something? Yeah, I guess like a safety net or whatever. I guess to, to make it very clear that it was just going to be a friend's thing. And so I'm like, gosh, dang it. Okay, I guess I'll go through this and just kind of act like I'm not feeling awkward, even though I'm feeling incredibly awkward. I'm like, how do you... <laughs> Like, how do I approach this conversation? Like, I don't even really want to do this now. Like, it's really awkward. So we have the lunch and then um, you go home a couple days pass. And I think I messaged her something like, 
even though I did not really have a good time, I said like, Hey, had a great time. Would love to, <laughs> would love to, would love to do it again. Like something really, it was great geez. getting to know both of you. Yeah. Like something like that. Well, she, she responds back to me and, uh, says something like just blunt, just, just straight in my face. Like, Hey Cole, Thank you for for the offer. I, at this point, I really think it's better that we just uh, stay as brothers and sisters in Christ. Like that oh, was oh man, that was there's that was, the Jesus bomb. Pulled the Jesus card on me, and and I think I had to. I think I tried to play it off like, oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't asking you on another date. I was just asking you to hang out again as friends. I was <laughs> trying to get your friend's number. Yeah, I was just trying to make some friends. But I got I got I got uh, a name. I got mispronounced on my name. And then I got the Jesus card thrown at me when I asked. I got the, the the brother in Christ thrown at me whenever I asked for another another hangout sesh. So that was probably the old, the old BIC. Yeah. I hate that. That's too bad. The old BIC. That, that was the worst. <laughs> I mean, that was just like. And then, and then on top of that, I had to keep seeing her at uh, the you know the the student ministry things the rest of the year. Uh, what a great sister in Christ. Oh wow. yeah, it was great. It was great to have that friendship. You know, we we're just <laughs> yeah. I don't. I I think she's dating or maybe even married now. So she found somebody who could be more than just a brother in Christ. But um, yeah, that was, hey-o. that was. I mean, like that really that really hit my 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 self esteem hard. I was like, man, I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know what to do after that. Like, do I even try to date for a while, or I just take the L and like hang out with my dudes for a while? <laughs> yeah, know. maybe I just find a couple of hobbies and try to distract myself for a while. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting thing. And not even just with Christians, just with like dating in general. Like I think no one is talking about this, but here we go. Today's we're talking about it, baby. When people are like so yeah, guys and girls too, so concerned about like, I just don't know. I just it would I don't want this to, you know, affect our friendship. I, I don't know if I want this to look, I'm not exactly besties with any girl I've been on dates with before. Like, why are we so protective of these friendships? Like someday down the road we're all gonna be married. I'm not exactly going to have a ton of girlfriends when I'm a married man. Like, I just think we protect these way too much. It's such a scapegoat for relationships. Just tell me why you don't like me. Basically, Is like, it my breath? Yeah. It's like, if you ever watch Shark Tank, like they come up with some of the lamest excuses to not invest in a product, which is fine. Like, it's their money. They don't want to invest in it. But it's hilarious whenever they'll say stuff like, you know, I, I just, I don't have a dog. So I just don't know that I really can invest in this dog food company. So that's a really good point. Yeah. And it's like, that's how it's like, well, like, I don't really have a good reason. I'm just going to make something up and try to let you down easy. But really, like, I'm just not interested in you. Like, they just don't want to say it. I love that. That's a great bit right there. I'm going to go watch some episodes of Shark Tank and just pick one line out of it and then use that to break up with a girl someday. That's perfect. Yeah. And you got to say it like, like Mark Cuban when he always ends it with. So for those reasons, I'm out. Yes, I love doing that. Yeah, for yeah, just like hey, t- um, so uh, Bethany, the last, I mean, as you know, the last few months have been awesome together. Um, but one thing, just like I don't know, I just don't have a dog, and for that reason, I'm out. She's like, what do you mean you're out? You know, you know what it means. All right, I'm out. I'm out, Bethany. I don't have a dog. I can't do this. I don't have a dog. I can't. Be I, how can I possibly understand you when I don't have a dog? No, I just it'd be too much. It'd be too much to learn about. I just I don't know the grooming tricks. I don't know. I didn't even know how to pet a dog. I just don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Like I just I just can't do this, Bethany. I'm sorry. There are two types of people in this world: those who can like look themselves in the mirror, knowing they picked up 
poop and had it in their hand that day and people who don't ever want to do that and i don't ever want to have someone something else's poop in my hand all right we're not gonna work out it's not gonna happen yeah so for those reasons i'm out i'm out my favorite are whenever they just don't eat, like i'm just talking about shark tank sometimes they'll come out there and they just know from the get-go that an idea is so dumb that before the person even really gets to the pitch they're like no nah, not for me sorry <laughs> it's yeah. just like such a cold one like ah no <laughs> not gonna give you my money i'm sorry just old men who, yeah, they're just treating it like the the TV guide. Next, uh, I've already seen this one. This is a rerun. What else is on? <laughs> Give me something else. Yeah. Speaking of TV, Disney Plus is out. Have you have you checked Disney Plus out yet? I saw that they got 10 million subscribers on day one, so that's pretty huge. I also they're, saw that it crashed almost, their entire they're website. Almost, they're almost to the level of the Ghost Runners podcast. Maybe they'll be hit. Maybe they'll be a hit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous they're going to take over Taiwan and Kentucky, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. I uh, I'm kind of in a in a season of uh, not consuming a ton of media, so it's like exciting from like a tech perspective because I I love tech and I I read up about it a lot. But from a consumer side of things, like I don't pay for Hulu or Netflix or anything right now. So I'm sure someday I will, and I will review my options, you know, and treat it like my own Shark Tank. But as of <laughs> right now, I'm more like this is cool. I think years from now, not even years from now, I think maybe one year from now, it's just going to turn back into cable again where different companies are going to bundle. Okay, for $60 a month, we'll give you ESPN, HBO Go, and Disney Plus. And it's like, okay, this is just DirecTV again. I've got these 30 channels to choose from. Right. Uh, sorry, this is a really long answer to your question. I'll just say, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> what do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, it's cool. My wife is begging me to get to, for us to get it now because she found out that Lizzie McGuire is apparently going to be back on there along with a lot of the Disney Channel original movies. Oh, Emily. So she's like seven ninety nine a month. That's that's like a latte. That's all you. That's, we can, we can forego a latte and we can get Disney Plus for the month. And I'm like, okay, like it does include like there's a bundle you can get like Hulu and ESPN Plus and Disney Plus for like twelve ninety nine. And I'm like, we're already paying for Hulu Live. I don't know if we need to pay for that bundle. Like, I, I don't. I'll, I will reevaluate my options and I will let her know if I'm willing to invest in it. But I, I like the idea of being able to go back and watch, you know, like I think Boy Meets World maybe is on there and yeah. some of those old shows. Like that's kind of cool. Um, I think I'm most concerned with what's, just, yeah. what's Emily putting in her lattes? $7.99. <laughs> what is the quality uh, of life in Kentucky must be going pretty well. Uh, oat milk and, um, I don't decaf stuff. I don't even know. Oh, she, she's an oat milk girl. All she, right. She, she, she turned me on to oat milk. I think I, I'm mostly an almond milk person, but I have tried oat milk. It's 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 okay. I do have dairy issues, so I, speaking of millenn- annoying millennial trends, I have some food allergies <laughs> to dairy, um, so I can't always have regular milk. Otherwise, it's, it hurts the old stomach. Mm, um, a little rumble in the I, jungle. I, I, I did get a uh, I did get a free uh, Starbucks drink today, so I went there. And I, I forgot about my my birth my free birthday drink, which was kind oh, of oh let's go, and that was about a month ago. But I walked, you know, I went to the drive-through and I had some money on my Starbucks card, which I was going to use. But then I realized that I had enough stars for a free drink, and I was like, hey, I never got my my birthday drink. It's saying on here that I have a free drink. Like, can I use this here? And so I got a venti drink for free. So, oh, you know, little little win little win of a day right there. So, yeah, a little Disney Plus and a cup too, for you so. today. Yeah, exactly. Well, this costs about – this is like – gosh, a venti drink at Starbucks is like $7. I don't know why I do this to myself. I don't know why I get these because they're not even good, and they make me feel like crap. And I'm still like, yeah, sure, here's, here's $7. I'd rather yeah. give $7. I'd rather give <laughs> I my $7. Say, I, I don't know why you do that to yourself, but you know, 
more power to you, man. I'd rather just give my $7 to Disney Plus. That would make me feel good. Make me feel like I'm living in the 90s again. So maybe, yeah. I, should reevaluate, maybe I should reevaluate my, my spending and, habits. And Disney could use it too. You know, I think as a company, they're just, they're struggling. You know, they've never really had much go for them. So they could use the money. Yeah, I think a lot of people just start, they're not going to their parks anymore. Um, people don't seem to like their characters anymore nobody likes their movies so yeah i think if i give them my 7.99 a month i think it'll really help that company out they're just a hard-working gritty company that yeah you know, it's basically a donation you write that it, off probably right yeah, i mean they're pretty much a non-profit so pretty much can just yeah give, <laughs> give them my donation yeah all right so one of one of my favorite things of your show um correct me if i'm wrong so you you are are you allergic to beef is this how you got the term poultry of the week or is this yeah I got bit by a tick this summer, and then it made me allergic to red meat. So can't have any beef or pork anymore. It's annoying. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that was the the reason for it. That's yeah. That kind of sucks, actually. Hey, yeah, it could be worse, but it's also just like yeah. I just bacon is so good, and now I can't have it. That's well, it's gonna help your diet, I bet, because I probably eat way too much red meat. But and that's what people tell me who can still eat red meat. Everyone <laughs> says that, like, oh, it'll be good for you. Like, okay. Like, Shut thanks. up. Thanks as I eat this <laughs> salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you do this bit every week, uh, you and Brad, called Poultry of the Week, and it's basically like your beef of the week, things that annoy you. I have sure. I have several things that have bothered me this week, but what are some things that have bothered you, uh, I guess, in the last few days? What are some? What, what, was, what is your Poultry of the Week so far? My Poultry of the Week – Besides people talking on speakerphone, because you really lit a fire inside of me. I just now realized how much I, I don't like that. But uh, so it's actually last week when Trey and I were on tour. And this is such a like first world, like pretentious problem. Just know I, I realized the irony in saying this. I'm still going to go for it. Every day on tour, we got a per diem in cash to spend on food. Well, I want to spend this money and not just have it in my wallet, just accumulating every day. So I'm spending you know, paper money every day, which I'm not really used to doing. And I started accumulating change after change after change. It's like a Barack Obama campaign in 2008. Yep. All right. I can't <laughs> get enough of it. And I hate it. I hate how it feels. I hate how it makes my hands smell afterwards. I Your hate how my pants. Yes, yeah. Exactly. My, my next thing I know, my pants are down around my ankles because I got so much change in them. And then, you know, I'm trying to be efficient about it. Okay. I got all this change. Next time I have to pay, I'm going to try to Whatever. I just I couldn't get it to go away, and I just just take the change. I just want paper. I bills are still fine. Love bills, but uh, I'm just tired of change. That's my poultry. I'm just I was tired of touching it. Every hotel room, I just left it there, and I start over with a new day. Oh, I am the same way, and that actually I'm so glad you said that because I will do everything that I can to never have any cash on me. And I forget where it was. But you don't even want cash. I. I no, I'd rather just have it in my bank account. Like I'd rather just have my card. Like I'd rather just. Oh pay them. wow. Like I don't even want. I don't want any cash. Like I don't want anything in my pocket because I'll lose it. Or if I buy something, I have to have coins, and I cannot stand coins. Like I will keep yeah. the quarters. If it's less than a quarter, I just put it in the tip jar. Like, like just if you give me all dimes, and it's like a dollar's worth of dimes, I'm putting it all in the tip jar. I'm not. Yeah, this means nothing to me. This exactly. is garbage. Like like fifty cents in dimes means nothing. But if I get two quarters, like yeah, sure, I'll keep that. But that my dad, my dad made fun of us because I forget where we were at, but there was something where I, I was trying to pay with a card and I, and they needed cash for something. And my dad, I think I vented about this on Facebook and my dad commented just cash is King. And like, <laughs> like we, we always make fun of that now. And like, he'll carry all kinds of cash on him. 
and I hate it. I can't stand the coins. So I'm right with I'm right there with you on that. Cash uh, is king. Thanks, Dad. Speaking of money, my, my first poll through of the week. So so Emily and I went to Brown County, Indiana, uh, earlier this month, and it was uh, it's like a nice fall getaway area. Oh, beautiful uh, this time of year. Exactly. Probably. The, foli- the foliage is great. You know, actually, it wasn't as great this time. It was kind of already we kind of missed the peak season. But um, we we go to this restaurant. Um, we we went there last year. This is our second year we've gone to this place, and uh, th- this is not just this restaurant, but it's any time that I go out to eat. Okay, and it took a while. We we waited like 30 or 40 minutes for our table, so we already had to wait for the table. And I get that they're trying to get people through the line or, or whatever. Well, we waited for our food, like we ordered. We waited like 20 minutes for our food. Okay, the waiter brings our food over. We just start eating. The next trip back to the table, she leaves the check there and says, "No rush." And I'm like. You just gave us our food. Like now, I feel rushed. Now, now I can't even sit here. And this <laughs> no rush. So I, no rush. Like you just gave me my food five minutes ago. Here's your check. Like what if I wanted to get another coffee? What if I wanted to, to order something else? Now I feel like I can't because you've already given me my check. Yeah, that's a really and good like, point. And I guess like, dessert you, isn't happening. I guess dessert's not happening. And it's like then they're always like, well, if you want to add something, we can always do that later. I'm like, well, now you just printed off a receipt that's unnecessary. You just killed a tree. Thank you. So that I don't know. They just like no rush, and it's like well now. Now I feel rushed. I, I can't help it. I feel rushed now. Oh, big uh, time. Big time rush. Yeah. So that that really bothered me. We went back to the restaurant the next day on Sunday and had great service, did not feel rushed. It was great. But that the first time we went there, it was it was it was not great. I felt rushed. I think you should have gone back the next day. Find that waitress in the middle of her like busting around, working her job, and just stand right next to her and say, Hey, I want a table, no rush. And just follow <laughs> her around. Hey, no rush. No seriously, rush. no rush. Whenever there's a table, seriously, no rush. No. Just follow her around for 10 minutes. When you go out to eat, pay attention to see if waiters ever do that. Because it's like, I know you waited 25 minutes for your food, and I just gave it to you, but here's your check. No rush. No rush. Just pay this whenever you're ready. And it's mm. like, well, it's going to it's gonna sit here for another 20 minutes because I'm going to eat first. I'm not going to give you my check until I'm not eating. So The nerve. The nerve, yeah. This is another uh, – okay, so I've got a few more of these because I, I just I – get, I get irked. Sorry to say oh. I get irked. I get, hurt, I get bothered. And so we have a Roomba. I don't know if you have a Roomba. Anybody out there? Maybe they've used a Roomba. Okay. Our Roomba, and this is ironic because I'm, I'm complaining about a piece of equipment that is obviously well engineered. It's smart enough to know how to vacuum your house or whatever. But ours, like, I don't know if it's just like off its marbles or whatever, but it, it like, it goes off in the same spot for like an hour like it'll just zigzag across the room there seems to be no plan from it like where it has a, a rhythm it's like let's go to this corner then let's go all the way back around the room to this other corner then we're gonna go back over here and it's like it'll hit the same spot like five times and all it randomly just stops and i'm like okay i don't understand so then i press the button to dock it and it didn't go back to the dock and so i'm sitting here and i'm like trying to work at the house and it's like this room is going off banging into stuff it seems to have no mind of its own to what to do and it's like I don't have any idea what to do with this. So if anybody out there like owns a Roomba, knows how to work these things, let me know because I have no idea. And it just keeps zigzagging in the same spots, doing the same thing over and over again. I don't understand it. So, Dude, that, that makes bothers. me nervous because I've never had a Roomba, but I'm about to move into a new place. I was definitely thinking about a Roomba. It seems so convenient. But now you're saying a lot of zig, a lot of zag, not a lot of pick up the trash. So exactly. I don't know. A lot of zig, a lot of zag. Uh, sometimes it's got a lag. I don't know. I yeah, you, you might but, as well just go ahead and buy a rag. <laughs> put the trash in a bag. I don't know. Something like that, you know. Sure. Uh, um, but that 
that bothers me because I'm trying to get ready. I'm trying to work at the house, whatever. And I have to just shut the room off sometimes because it just it keeps going. So yeah, it's um, annoying. Then, speaking of things around the house. Okay. So uh, we just moved into a new house like a month or so ago. It's kind of an older home, um, but we've got a water heater in the basement. And about a few weeks ago, some plumbers came to, to fix it because uh, we weren't getting any hot water in the, in the shower, which was kind of a problem. It was taking cold showers. Um, and so the plumbers came and fixed it a couple weeks later. Um, I start noticing that every time I shower, there's a big, huge leak coming from the water heater in our basement. Oh, now, cool. thankfully we have like concrete in our, there's nothing really in our basement that's going to get ruined, but, um, I'm like, why is this leaking? So we call the plumbers out and, um, they come out here and we got some snow the other day and the plumbers came, uh, they walked in the house, tra- trampled around, got their snowy boots everywhere on the house that Emily worked so snowy hard boots? to huh. So snowy boots. So then they, they realize what the issue is. They come out and I'm like scraping the cars off. You know, I'm trying to be a good husband. I'm scraping Emily's car off. I'm scraping my car off. So they come outside. They're like, hey, we, we, know, we know the part that we need to get. We got to go back and get it. We're back in like five or ten minutes. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So they come back and they walk in. They're walking to the house. I said, hey, guys, if you don't mind, like, just take your shoes off before you get in. Come on. I was like, my wife just cleaned the house. Like, kind of want to keep it clean. Like, we have wife just cleaned it because the Roomba doesn't work. The Roomba doesn't work. She just cleaned it. And so, you know, I was like, just if you don't mind, just, you know, take your shoes off. And one of the guys the first time did take his boots off. The other guy did not. So when I said that, the guy who did not take the boots off the first time ends up just sitting in the truck. So <laughs> the time that the time that it took me to scrape off my car and Emily's car was like 20 minutes. That's about how long this guy who went into the house took to fix whatever the leak was in our in our uh water heater and so he hands me the bill and i look at it and the part itself is like twenty dollars the labor was ninety five dollars hell this guy made ninety five dollars for 20 minutes of work and it says on there technician one and then helper one and it wrote down the helper's name and Uh so i was like i was like um yeah i don't uh i don't think this guy really did anything? I don't. I didn't say this, but I'm like this guy uh, didn't do anything at all, and he's making ninety five dollars uh, just to sit here in the car for the time that it uh, took me to scrape off these cars. This guy is sitting in the car, so this guy made ninety five dollars for basically doing nothing. So that those three things, those are my poultries of the week. And dude, that sucks. So you had to pay it. Helper boy made some money. Yes, and I'm like, you know, I was a teacher for three years, and I'm like. This guy's making $95 an hour for 20 minutes of work. I don't even know how much the guy um, that uh, was helping made, but he sat in the car for 20 minutes and basically made more money than I will ever make in an hour, which is stupid. But Yeah, I'm going to get into HVAC. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was like, I need to change careers and get into some kind of a service thing because um, like, I don't understand – why this guy's getting $95 to sit in his truck for exactly i can leave my shoes on my my cute little snowy boots on i can do that i can sit in the heat all right so um i guess that's all i mean poultry's the week what else emily is in here she's charging my mac because it's about to die so shout out to emily oh uh, probably gonna talk to siri and say hey siri charge my mac yeah hey siri charge my mac for me please um Oh, I just said it. Siri just came on and said, hello, I'm listening. So I have, <laughs> a, I have a British Siri and she it's, it's great. I, I, 
you know, maybe I need to talk to my Siri more because uh, she's got a great accent. She's always chipper. And uh, I just, I never use my Siri quite like Emily does. So, hey, no, don't, hey, stand your ground. (laughs) Stand your ground, Cole. Shout out to Emily right now, though, because she is actively putting my computer on the charger because it was about to die. So, uh, she's number one team player here. Um, But would you like to give her a title? Maybe like, Something, Ooh. you know, that she's earned because she's doing this? Like, I don't know, something of the week? Oh, I, I think Emily has got to be my babe of the week. Hell, charge she, his MacBook, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. She, she's, she really puts the uh, electricity into my into my MacBook. I can't even think of a good a good pun Whoa, here. Easy. Yeah, she's, <laughs> uh, yeah, do not uh, eject improperly. Come That's on. That's right, yeah. She... <laughs> who, is, who is your babe of the week this week, Jake? Oh, wow. Um Let's see. Okay, I thought of one. Uh, yesterday, I was at Chick-fil-A, and this female employee came up to me and said, hey, this is Janine. She is uh, just started working here. I'm actually training her, and I'm just taking around showing her how to do things. And uh, I figured she should get to know you since you're here a lot. So um, my babe of the week is that Chick-fil-A employee who thought I was just as integral to her job training as working the cash register. And that meeting Jake in his booth was part of her training. Uh, it made me feel that. great. Did not uh, do anything negatively for my self-esteem at all. And uh, yeah, just really boosted me with confidence. So uh, girl at Chick-fil-A, you are my babe of the week. This must be a thing at Chick-fil-A because back in the spring, I took I, I coached boys and girls high school tennis. And we were at a tournament in, in Indianapolis. And we took our team to Chick-fil-A after one of our matches. And uh, there was some younger guy that was working at the at the catch register and several of my girls players were talking about how cute they thought he was nice and one of the, like the one of the other parents who was with us i'm like i went up there to order a coffee for the road because we were about to get back on the road and this mother walks up and i forget this guy's name but she says hey coach i think some of the girls would like to know so and so's snapchat oh and boy this guy this guy just straight up with dead on confidence he's like okay yeah here it is like it's like he'd been asked this so many times that he was like (laughs) oh this again so he literally walks over to the girls and he's like hey so do you guys really want my snapchat or instagram or whatever it was he's like all right here it is guys like just like no shyness at all it was just like yeah this happens all the time like he basically said with that kind of cognitive he's got like business cards for like his different like social handles like here we go again and so all the girls start adding him and on the on the bus ride home, they're like, oh, my gosh, he goes on mission trips. Like, look at this picture with him and these kids. Wow. He's so <laughs> awesome. And I'm like this guy just straight up. I don't know if it was honorable or if it was cocky, but he just straight up walked over and was like, all right. So who wants my Instagram? <laughs> just like, yeah. all right, y'all girls want it. Like, I love it. I love Working it. in the register uh, at Chick-fil-A is like the Southerners Tinder. You know, it's like this is the best way to probably meet women. Just put my face in front of him. This guy was not even embarrassed at all. He just was like, yep, happens all the time. Here it is. Good for him, so, man. Confidence. How many times a week do you think you go to Chick-fil-A on average? Uh, Usually probably two. But this week is actually, this is kind of embarrassing that you're asking me right now. I've went three days in a row this week. That has never happened before. I went Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'm not proud of it. I'm genuinely kind of embarrassed about it. But just uh, some circumstances led to that. And I'll do better next week. <laughs> It, I, I think it's safe to say, is is Chick-fil-A your favorite fast food or do you have another place that would replace Chick-fil-A for you? 
I mean, I love fast food, but no one's topping Chick-fil-A. It's just so good. The taste, the customer service, the Dr. Pepper. It's amazing. The, the ice, mac and cheese. Oh, the ice, the lemonade. I, I, I did take your guys' advice. I did try the spicy chicken sandwich the last time that I went to Chick-fil-A. Oh, nice. And it was, it, it was, uh, I, I get the, I usually get the buffalo sauce. I'm not a big Chick-fil-A sauce guy. Truthfully, I had not actually had Chick-fil-A sauce until last week for the first time because, wow. um, so we live here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, my wife and I are Western Kentucky university grads. And so I go to a lot of the sports games and I went to one of their basketball games last week. They just put a Chick-fil-A in the arena. And so nice. at, at halftime, I walked around the entire arena before I, like, I, I think I walked every single spot of this arena until I finally found the Chick-fil-A. And I guess in my mind, it was going to be more like a full service Chick-fil-A where really it was like a, a regular uh, concession stand. It did have a Chick-fil-A neon sign atop of it, but it basically just had like the, the bags that they carry those around in. And so they just was like Chick-fil-A that they had catered in there and they didn't even have they didn't have fries they just had like chips and then the only sauce they had was chick-fil-a sauce and so i was like okay i'll try it and it was good it was good i'm just i'm typically a buffalo sauce guy when i go to chick-fil-a so i tried the the spicy chicken with buffalo sauce and i gotta say it's pretty good i i I didn't notice a ton of difference but i did notice a little bit of kick and i think that made all the difference nice yeah they uh they do it right man the, the the concession stand ones though kind of stink they're like pre-made and they just put them in the little baggies they're always soggy yeah Not my favorite yeah and i don't like pickles either and like these came pre-made with pickles on it and i'm like i'm like incredibly grossed out by pickles that like whenever i get a meal with pickles on it like emily loves pickles i will literally not even touch them and i'm like you have to take this off of my plate so like the fact that i have to also pick the pickle off of the sandwich makes me not really want to get chick-fil-a at the stadium again because i just can't have it if i can't have chick-fil-a the way that i want it i don't want it at all that's my take on that Hey, that's fair, dude. That That's totally fair. <laughs> All right. Well, Jake, thank you so much for joining me here. Uh, this has been great. If you have not checked out Jake's podcast, you guys have got to go download it now. Subscribe. Uh, Ghost Runners. Um, look them up on, on Instagram. Where can they find you, Jake? What is your What are your social media channels? I am at Triplet Jake everywhere. My last name and my first name. One P, two T's. One J, one A. No, just kidding. Uh, two T's, one Jake. <laughs> yeah, two T's, one Jake. That's me, baby. No, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on the pod, dude. I'm honored. Yeah. One of your first uh, first few episodes ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really honored. So thank you, man. Isn't he just hilarious? I mean, I'm just such a big fan of his podcast and the videos that he produces because they're just so funny. And I'm so glad to have him on. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. And I really do appreciate what he did have to say about creativity and taking a risk and just kind of knowing to trust your own gut, I guess is a better way to put it, to know when you need to take that risk and and go for it in life. And he's just got such a great outlook on life and it brings such humor to what he does. Uh, So thank you guys for tuning into this episode. We will be back next week with Western Kentucky football coach Tyson Helton, in my opinion, Conference USA Coach of the Year. But come back for that conversation. He's a great coach. He's a man of faith. And you'll get to hear all about his coaching career and how his faith uh, affects what he does as a coach and as a parent and as a husband. So that's another great conversation. I'm excited to have him on. 
Hey, if you need me at all, I'm Cole Claiborne on pretty much every social media platform. Please reach out. Let me know what you think of the show. If you have any guests that you'd like to suggest that I have on, please let me know. I'll do my best to try to get them on. Um, But thank you guys for listening. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer to listen to it on. But please tell your friends, share the word. Um, Really appreciate everybody who's listened so far and given me feedback. It really means a lot. So thank you guys, and we'll see you next week. Ooh.